demonstrate your love for us in this. And while we were yet sinners, rebels, running from you, who had anything to do with you, you sent your son die on a cross to win us rescue and victory and new life. Lord, it seems so reckless to leave 99 perfectly healthy sheep in, in, in open field just to go after one. Cut your losses. That's what the world says. And yet you say, this is the way my father loves you. This is the way I will be your good shepherd. I will sacrifice whatever the price to bring us home. And God, that love that you've shown to us has changed everything. And we pray, God, that we might somehow in the, the breath that we have, the years that we have, give back, express that same love back to you and to all people. God, you said to us, the greatest love is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So God, as we love you, we want to love our neighbors. As we love our neighbors, we pray and we're demonstrating our love for you, God, that we bring glory to you and we enjoy you forever. So we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the time we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, choir and team. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, uh, you heard this is uh, a short service, and that's because, let's just be honest, it's because there's no sermon, okay? For a couple of reasons, because we've got food, we've got the bounce houses, and we got a game, right, this afternoon? So, the lights are up a little bit so you can see your hand up. If you did not get a bulletin, raise your hand. We want to make sure you get one of those in your hands. So, ushers, can you come up here? Uh, now they're scrambling. Just keep your hand up. Just all, just keep it up. They'll come to you. Also, the other reason why this isn't a sermon is there's no pulpit, there's no Bible, there's going to be a lot of scripture. Don't worry. And also, I'm under a, a time restriction, so I'm going to start. When I hit start, David, if, if, if I run out of time, you have to stop me from speaking. Okay? You do whatever it takes to, to make me stop talking. Okay, right? Oh shit! shit. Uh, there, there. Okay. Okay, we are talking about the vision that God has put on our hearts and the leadership of the church and all of us collectively uh, for 2020. Think about perfect vision, 2020 vision. We want to see where God is leading us for the next five years. And we see that vision being summed up in three words. We are family. That's right. Farmers was already taken. We are family. So let's, let's rewind the clock just ever so briefly. Five years ago, our leadership was thinking about a transition after a long uh, and, and illustrious uh, ministry of our previous founding pastor. Where's God leading us in the future? And out of that process, there was a, a mission study that came, and you were all, if you are part of the church at that time, you were part of that mission study. What's God putting on your heart? Where do you see our strengths? Where do you see areas that we need to grow? What's happening in life of our church? Our staff took all those, uh, all that data, and that helped to form the search committee for a new pastor, the kind of pastor that this church needed for the next generation. And also in that time, we really solidified our mission, our values, our purpose, our strategy. All that was coming together. But two years ago, this Sunday, I'm in Maryland, uh, preaching before my congregation in Maryland with a group of four uh, leaders from, from Mem Valley Presbyterian Church at the time coming and, and praying and listening, is this our next pastor? And here we are two years later. My first year, 2018, the theme was love. 
That's why I love our community. Just wrap my, my arms as much as I could around our church and our family here, what God was doing here, just to love our staff and to love all of you. And, to, and then out of that 2018, 2019, this theme has really been listened. So we need to listen to, to the Lord. Lord, what is it you have for us? What scary big ideas do you have? I want to say scary because it has to be something beyond our ability, something where we can say, God, you did something only you can do in our midst. But what is it? So the key was listen, to listen to the Lord and to listen to one another. To have conversations around, uh, sort of like around the kitchen table. What's God putting on our hearts? What's happening right now? Where are the needs in our community that we should be doing off campus? How can we use this facility to leverage everything God's given to us and bless us with for his glory? And now this is going to 2020 and beyond the next five years of leading, leading into that vision. Okay, so you have two handouts in your hand. I want you to pull out the, uh, the plain white sheet with just a ton of information on it. And you're probably thinking, I really hope he's not going to read all that because the clock's ticking. Trust me, I won't. But this is the entire game plan for our church. Right there in printed form, it's the entire game plan. So imagine with me, if you will, uh, we are all part of a football team, and I'm one of the coaches. You're not spectators, okay? You're not spectators, you're what? You're players. You're defensive linemen, you're wide receivers, whatever you want to be, you can pick, you can pick. Here's, a, here's an image on the board here uh, of different coaches holding their, their games here. I'm sure uh, Gruden's changing his plan right now with AP out of the lineup. And I have here in my hand a game plan from Coach Steve Ballard. The coach of the Liberty Patriots from Friday night. Woo! Steve here. Comes here for the Patriots. Woo! And so you got that coach looking at the plays and calling out the plays, and he's saying, you know, slot, sweep, ET, whatever that means, ET phone home. A wing gun trap, sweep out. Now, do the players have a call sheet? No, but they, they know it, right? They know their part. They know the plays that are going to be that are going to be called. I talked to Steve about his his his, uh, his call sheet, his game plan. I said, Steve, what is this? Is it, is it plays on a card? He said, no, it's more than that. Oh, is it X's and O's? It's more than that. Oh, I got it. Is it a strategy to win the game? He said, it's more than that. I said, well, what is it? He said, this is a tool to help boys become men. See, as a coach, a football coach, yeah, he wants to win, but winning looks different than just putting up a W. It looks like growing these, these young boys into men. And so we see in the sheet in front of you much more going on than just a strategy or a game plan for a church. But there are five irreducible questions of leadership in a church. The main churches really don't know exactly where God's leading them or why or what they're doing. They just sort of exist and sort of, well, it's just, just what we do. We just sort of assume that everyone knows, right? Well, we don't want to make that assumption. We want to be clear. We want to have clarity. We can't be certain of what God's going to do, but we can be clear of where God's leading us. So you can see here this chart that's on the uh, on this side here, the 2020 vision chart. Will Mancini is the name in the bottom right corner. Uh, he's a church consultant. He's been working for 25 years with churches across the country. In fact, this same plan was used for our denomination, Ecom, and I used it in my previous church, and it's quite a helpful tool to clarify what is the vision and the purpose 
and mission strategy of a church. So flip it over to the side with all those words. This is why the lights are up. And don't worry, if you've ever been part of a PowerPoint presentation, I am not going to read this whole thing. Okay? And the clock is ticking anyway. I've got five questions. Number one, mission. What are we doing? What are we doing? You see, there's an icon of a, of a compass. We need to sort of know, what, what, what are we doing? And we impress this upon you again and again. Last fall, our whole fall was focused on the mission of the church, to know God more deeply, to love others more completely, and to live life more fully. And if that's what we're doing as a church, to growing disciples of Jesus, we put it on t-shirts, we put it on sweatshirts, you heard it over and over again. We want to make sure everyone knows what the mission of the church is. So that's part of the frame. That's just one piece, picture like a picture frame. That's one side. What's another side? Values, purpose, the, the passion. That's why there's fire there. Why do we do it? And, and David spoke about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, all these incredible things were happening in the early church, but why were they doing it? What was motivating them? It was God's passionate love for them, how God changed their lives. And so we've identified here, uh, because of God's deep love for us, this church exists to restore people into full life through Jesus Christ. And you can read about that in more detail, that, that we believe passionately why we're here, because of God's word, that everything we do as a church is going to be based on scripture. We want to be intentional in relationships, and we want to be outward focused. Okay, but how? How do we do it? What's the strategy? That's another side. How are we doing the strategy? You see what that little icon is supposed to be a flashlight kind of pointing in the darkness. Which way are we going? It might be different than other churches. Do you see those five points? I won't repeat them. These were the five essential emphases that the church identified, that you that were part of the church for the 2016-2017 mission study said, these are the five most important priorities for our church. And the leadership and elders and, and pastors, we got together and we thought, well, this shouldn't just be for, for one year or two years. This should just be our strategy. Right, when are we ever going to fulfill all these things? Let's just keep working on these things. Let's keep leading people to Jesus. Let's keep having excellent, amazing worship. Let's keep investing in Christian education and on and on. Okay, so what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How are we doing it? And, and the, last, uh, the last there is, when do we know we're successful? When do we know we're successful? That's why the icon's a bullseye. Where, where are we pointing all this energy? We're leveraging all this energy, all this potential energy, like pulling a string of a bow back, and you're pointing that arrow somewhere. Where are we pointing it? Hopefully at the bullseye. Now, our values and our measurement of success is very different than the world's. How does the world measure success? Money, size, influence, fame, but we just have a whole series about the kingdom of God is life, right? About the call of Jesus for disciples to follow him, that we win by losing, that we gain by giving away. So look at these measurements. This is not how the, the world would measure success. Those of you who work in business, this is not a business plan that would work in, in, in the marketplace. But in the economy of God, he says, this is how you know, Pete, that you're on the right track. This is how you know Pete, that you are leading this church well. When we are becoming more missional and intentional, relational, authentic, passionate, and reaching, and growing in depth and breadth. Then finally, there's the actual vision. Where is God taking us? And we have a beautiful vision 
uh, for the future of God leading us as, as a missional community of faith. But as you read that, you know, that could be any church, anywhere, can have these same values. It's printed here on the front of the page here. Uh, to live missional lives that communicate the transformative love of God to authentic relationships and acts of compassion. Is that a good statement? Yeah. But that could be anywhere and at any time. What is God uniquely calling our church to? What are the unique skills, experience, passions of our team that we've assembled, of our people? What are the unique needs and even, even the crisis that we see in our wider community that God's saying, I'm calling you on purpose to step out and make a difference? And so here it is. On the back of this page, the 2020 to 2025, that's about as far as you can see, five years out, the vision and mission focus for our church. I'm not going to read this. I just want to highlight a few things. We see a great opportunity and a great crisis in our community around the need for family ministry. The great needs, uh, the great opportunities, there's so many new people coming uh, to this area, new families that are coming. And, and that's a wonderful thing. Even as you saw, our preschool is, is bursting at the seams. We need to make more room for them. We need to make more room for them. The crisis is this, that even as there are families that are moving here that are affluent enough to afford preschool or maybe half-day kindergarten or maybe private first grade, which are things that we're considering, what do we do for that single mom or that mom and dad that are working a swing shift to just try to make ends meet? How do we make sure that they also have the opportunity to be nurtured by our incredible preschool team and to have that care? And so we want to make sure that we're reaching those needs and then you see here the adoption and foster care ministry. Where's Sarah Goodell? Is she in the room? Where's Sarah? There she is. Everyone look at this lady. She's doing an incredible job with her team leading our kid venture. Yes, Retain my time for the applause. applause. Now Sarah, if you didn't know this, has a great passion uh, for foster care and adoption ministry. In fact, for 10 years, she worked as a social worker. She has her master's in social work from USC. She, she came to me and she said, Pastor Pete, there's a huge crisis here. What's the crisis? In South King County, there are so many kids in the foster care program. Right across the street at the school has the most number of kids, but there aren't services here. When a child's removed from their home, right here in Maple Valley, or right down in Ravensdale, there's no place for them to stay. They might ship them all the way to Kirkland or somewhere north of Seattle for the night in a motel with eight other kids to be safe. And there are foster care parents who enter that program like passionate, idealistic, we're going to bring in kids, we're going to help them. But they're tired. They're worn out. They're like, people have forgotten us. Who's going to support us to keep bringing more kids in? And so what she's brought to our attention is the need for a ministry to support and care and nurture for those that would open their homes to children that have no home to go to. Isn't that worth it? It's a beautiful opportunity. So she's going to seminary. We're supporting her in that. But in the new year, she'd come on full time. I want to call her Pastor Sarah one day, overseeing all of them. Can you see that vision? To really make this big, to really make an impact in South King County. And so we need more space. You know, they said, what's the field dreams thing? If they build it, they will come. They're already here. We need to build that third floor. There's, there's a plan in place. This is only phase one of five when this place was built. Phase one of five 
We need that third floor now. We really need it yesterday. So September 29th, we'll hear from Stoney Stone, one of our elders who's an architect, the big vision and plan to add a third floor and, and the plan for a new building on the grass, a reimagining of our space to make room for a preschool becoming a school, for before and after school. Parents, how many raise your hand if you need help with before and after school care for your kids? Oh, you're all covered? Bless you. You know why you're covered? Because a year and a half ago, you wanted to secure your, 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 uh, your space. Okay, yeah, turn it out, David. Fine, fine. We're going to send a team to Mumbai, India to see what's happening there. The call that God put on the Woods Heart for missions in Mumbai and how there might be a partnership between what's happening there and here with our preschool. We're launching a marriage enrichment program. Uh, couples mark October 19th for a special marriage enrichment event uh, here in this place. And finally, uh, under David Miles' uh, leadership, this is a big vision, 12 new small groups reaching 180 new people and discipling them up to make them disciples, disciple-making disciples. Can we give a, give a hand for David Miles? And he's going to be leading this charge. We already have three new small groups. That's three out of 12. You're already you're on your way. I can't do the math. I'm like, whatever that percentage is. 25% of the way in. We're so excited about what God's doing. The reason we have it in your hand, the reason it's on this cardstock, so, so that even if it's raining, whatever, it's not going to flop away. We want you to think about it, pray on it, and over the next three weeks, we're going to have a family kitchen conversation with chairs up here with our leadership coming. You won't just hear from me. You'll hear from the people I've mentioned and others, Pastor Mark, Pastor Frank, uh, Lindsey Bunn, up here on the stage, talking this through, listening, praying, saying, Lord, is this truly what you have for us? Is this what you have in store for us? Now, we can't do this, but we know you can. I'm going to pray for the offering, and uh, we're just going to ask uh, God to bless this offering time, and then we're going to sing, and then we're going to eat. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the vision that you put on the hearts and minds of our leaders and how it's been confirmed in all the conversations and the listening sessions that have been happening this year. We, Lord God, we lay it before you. We pray that this is the vision that you have for us. That in view of your mercy to us, God, that we would offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. God, you say in your word in Psalm 68, you are a father to the fatherless. You say also that you set the lonely in families. So God, I'm so thankful that as we've come together from so many different walks of life, so many different places, social, economic uh, backgrounds and, and education and, and all kinds of different life stage status, and yet we can come and call one another brother and sister. We need this type of community, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity we have to make a difference, and to leave a legacy. So bless this offering, Lord, may it be used to your good purposes. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.